everybody, I'm Jeff Antoniak. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. So today I wanna to talk about the nine beat exercise. This is really one of the best exercises I know of all the lessons of all the years of college I took, all, all the input I've received. This is one of the things that gives us the most laser focus in our improvisation. Now this is for all instruments, this is not a saxophone thing. All instruments, now, with the possible exception of drums, because we're gonna be talking about melody informed by harmony. Drummers don't deal with harmony. Drummers do deal with melody, and drummers deal with tension and release. So in that regard, this is gonna work out great. So the nine beat exercise. Okay, so this is all about a very focused approach to playing melodies that have harmonic content to them. So what does that mean, melodies with harmonic content? So this especially was a big deal with the bebop players. And you know, when we're talking about jazz and modern jazz, of course, fantastic stuff from the 20s and 30s and 40s. But man, bebop is where a lot of people feel like, you know, it came into its own and jazz became an art form and everything else. So an example of this, I could play this for you. That would be a great solo over the Days of Wine and Roses, or Giant Steps, or One Note Samba, or the funk classic, The Chicken. So how would you tell which I was playing? The answer is it would be a little bit hard to tell which of those tunes, because there was no harmonic content. It was an interesting, perhaps an interesting melody. There's nothing wrong with what I played, but it did not have any harmonic content. So what I'm suggesting is that's what we want to get into our playing. How do we play a melody that has the harmony inside it? Johann Sebastian Bach could write a cello suite and you could hear the harmony going by and there was never any harmony. It was melody. Okay, that's what we're talking about. This nine beat exercise is the way to go. So here's what we're gonna do. We are going to use the chord changes to confirmation, a Charlie Parker classic. You can see it here uh, on the sheet, which by the way, I'd love to send you. Just write me at diggingdeeperjazz at gmail.com, send the sheet off to you. So these chord changes, um, classic tune, confirmation. <laughs> So that's the beginning of that tune, and we can hear the chords going on in there. So here's what I'm suggesting. We're gonna take nine beats, no more, no less. Nine beats and work on what's going on. So look at what we have here in example two. The first four beats of this song are F major. Great, we're in the tonality of F major. Now what happens for the next five beats? In the second measure, we start going somewhere. Some of us may recognize this as a minor 2-5 progression, and we land on the ninth beat of this song in an entirely different land. We started in major, we end in minor. We started in the key of F, we end in the key of D. We're in a radically different place, and we had to do something to get there. That's what I wanna hear in your melody. Okay, so that's what this nine beat exercise is about. And here's the thing, this exercise works not just in confirmation and not just on these nine beats. We're gonna learn how to slide this exercise through every song we play. And nine beats, it's a really pretty magic number. Now, before we dig into it, I wanna let you know uh, two things. First of all, um, we've started doing live tours of Jazzwire. You've heard me talk about Jazzwire, the subscription website that I run where I wanna do some work with you. So. Um, 
Jessica is doing some live tours. You can sign up a couple times during the week. She's doing tours for five, 10 people at a time. Uh, you may be lucky and get in and get an individual tour. So just uh, write us at diggingdeeperjazz.com. We'll send you the link and you can get signed up. Now, here's the other most important thing. Next Wednesday, uh, which is April 29th, if you're watching this uh, in real time, April 29th, 2020, I'm going to be doing a webinar that Wednesday afternoon. It's going to be free and it's going to be expanding the ideas of what we do here. I want to get in more contact with you folks. I want to be working with you. Jazzwire is the way to do it for real, but I'd love to do something a little bit more. And we have the COVID virus going on right now. So yes, I, I want to sort of do a little something extra. So next Wednesday, the 29th of April, between 2 and 2.45 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, that's New York City time, I'm going to be doing this thing. So if you look down in the show notes, you're going to see this big, long, ugly link. You click on that thing. You don't have to do, you go there, you just register, give us your name and email because we only have a hundred spots and it's going to fill up. So uh, just be one of the first hundred people there. You don't have to sign up for anything or anything more than that. And you'll be sent an invitation for the webinar. And so uh, it's an opportunity for me to talk to you. You can write in, chat in questions and stuff like that. So yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. So that's next Wednesday, the 29th. Okay. So, um, I want you to be able to improvise something that makes me hear where we started, F major. And then I want you to land on that ninth beat as if we're somewhere different. So let me see if I can play an example, improvise something. So did you hear me start? Was it clear where I started? Did I set up a tonality? I tried to be very clear. I think I played a triad. It was something like that. So I was very clear. So that's the first thing. Can you let me know we're in the key of F major? Many very good improvisers have a hard time with that. There's some shucking and jiving going on. There's a little BS going on. I don't want my BS meter going off. Okay, so can we even just set up the tonality? So right there, great lesson. Now, the transition to someplace new. So let me try a different one and see if I can uh, do another good version. I hope you heard setting up an idea. Now I'm going somewhere. Now I've arrived. And that's the thing. You get nine beats. You don't get 10. You don't get nine and a half. You don't get to figure out how to let me know we're in D minor. You have to land there. Very precise. That's why this exercise is so great. Now, check out example three. Here's a bad example. Did you hear confirmation? Did you hear F major, two, five to D minor? Well, the thing is, what I played there would have sounded perfect with accompaniment. As a matter of fact, let me play it for you with accompaniment, and you're going to hear it's like, yeah, that actually sounds pretty good with accompaniment. So with the chord changes and a good bass line and some comping, they did the work for me. The band did the work of saying where we were going, and I played over top it. All you hear is an F major scale.
So that's an example of how to play something that's correct that does not meet the criteria for this exercise. Because when I play that, you just hear a major scale, right? So now let me play for you an example that I wrote out uh, number four. I'm gonna do it without accompaniment because I don't think we'll need the accompaniment. Check this one out. Okay, so there were all sorts of things that were different. Now, one thing I'll say is there were a lot of F major notes in item number three, the scale. There's still a lot of F major notes in the next example, but there's a lot that's different. So I played some shapes in the first measure that highlighted the chord tones. So now here's where the work comes in. And I've been doing this exercise for decades. And every new song I work on, I do this exercise. So this isn't something you do twice this weekend and you're done. This is something you do for the next 20 years or so uh, on every tune. And the idea is, can you set up this tonality? Can you show me the transition? And can you land in a new place? It's almost always nine beats. So many jazz songs have this shape. So as you go through songs, you could do this for the first nine beats of the blues. The one chord, the four chord, now stop on the ninth beat. Yeah, you could do it on measures three and four of the blues. One chord, one chord, now stop when it goes to the four chord in the next measure. So many tunes. The idea is here I am, I'm going somewhere else, I've arrived. And can you arrive in time? So this is the work we get to do together. And um, so if we look, let's just look at item number four and I'll show you some of what I was talking about. These are some hints for you to be a little bit more successful as you give this a try. So in the first measure, you saw me play this. So that was really, all the important parts of that lick were chord tones. Three, five, one, three. I was really being clear about what I wanted to do. And clarity is the important thing. I'm trying to make a point with no help from the rest of the band. So clarity is what I need there, right? So now what do we see in the second measure? All these chord tones. Right, so there's a big hint for you. Chord tones are your friends. You see a seventh to third resolution in the middle of the second measure. Maybe you know what that is, maybe you don't. The seventh of the half diminished chord to the third of the dominant chord. So that's something we'd work on together in jazz wire. So important to get that resolution in there. By the way, look at those notes. How many of those notes, there's 17 of them, how many of those notes are not in the F major scale? There's one one note, but it's what the note is and where it happens. That one note, what's the, what's the different one? You can see it's the C sharp. It's the third of the A7 chord. That is the note you have to play. I am going to say you have to play it. I don't care if your name is Charlie Parker or if your name is Nat King Cole or whatever. That's the note to play there. Why? It's the leading tone to where we're going. We need that C sharp to let us know we're not in Kansas anymore, we're not in F major anymore, we're going somewhere. Why did they just play that? Ah, and then when we get to the next measure, we can hear things sort of resolve. Now here's the interesting thing, I didn't resolve to the root in the next measure. I found a clever way 
to use the C sharp to point to D minor, but not have to play the note D because I've been doing this for 35 years. So um, I want you to give this a try, the nine beat exercise. I use this with my jazz band masterclass groups. I use it teaching students all over the world and definitely in jazz wire. People get incredible results from this, from this amazing, amazing focus. And again, I want you to join me on uh, the webinar next Wednesday, the 29th. You can ask questions. I would love to hear sort of what your experience was on this or songs that you tried it on or you're sort of confused about which song or where to use it. It's a great opportunity. So let's get together and hang out. Don't worry, you're not gonna be on screen. You don't have to fix your hair or anything like that. You don't even have to put a shirt on. Just, you know, join the webinar. You'll be seeing me and you can type in questions. So it's gonna be a great way to connect. Only 100 spots. So look below in the description if you're watching YouTube, below the frame, you know, where all that text is that you don't ever read, it's there. If you're watching this on Facebook, same thing um, inside my little blurb there, um, you'll see the link, 100 spots, so make sure to grab one. And write us to get a tour of Jazzwire. I know I've been talking about it, and a lot of folks just aren't quite sure what it looks like, or how does it function, or how is it different from what I'm already doing. Get a free tour, why not? All right, enjoy the nine beat exercise. Um, this is honestly one of the best things you can do uh, to get your chord changes playing. If you're a bass player, to get your bass lines tighter, laser focused, this is it. Have a good time with it. Mm -hmm.